Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hello, my name is Allison Bobbitt, and I'm here with my husband, as always, Mike Bobbitt. And this is the podcast where we make one another watch movies the other's never seen before. And Mike, this week you made me watch Weird Science. You made me watch. Why'd you make me watch this? You made me watch something I didn't like. Next time we'll watch something I like. But I can't believe you made me watch. So what did you think of Weird Science? I I didn't like it very much. Really? It, okay. There were some things about it that were okay. I didn't hate it. But you were expecting to hate it. I was expecting to absolutely hate it, and I didn't hate it. I just didn't really like it. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far to say as it was okay. It was fine. Mm-hmm. It certainly didn't age that well, but you know, there were th- it's surprisingly, it aged better than I thought it would. Yeah, I was surprised it aged better than I thought it would, too. Mm-hmm. Did it feel like a John Hughes movie to you? No, it kind of didn't. I mean, like, there were things about it that felt like a John Hughes movie, but there were also things about it that didn't, that, that felt, um... <sighs> I guess I don't know how to explain it. It didn't. It didn't totally feel like a John Hughes movie. There were elements of it, but yeah, not like, totally. Like maybe the sci-fi X aspect of it didn't feel very John Hughesy. Yeah. Who did Ferris Bueller's Day Off? John Is Hughes. John Hughes. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, of in a... fact, Ferris Bueller's Day Off came out um, after this, right? Yeah, almost immediately after this, he did oh. Pretty in Pink. Immediately after this, and mm-hmm. then Ferris Bueller's Day Off was the thing that came out right after Pretty in Pink. Yeah. But this was 1985, and both Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller's Day Off were 1986. Yeah, you know what? He, I... was, he was pumping out movies. Like, <laughs> I guess so. To a year. You know what? I just realized that I was thinking of. It also felt a little bit like that Cindy Lauper music video. The girls just want to have fun video where she's like <laughs> yelling at her dad and stuff. Like there were moments where it felt oh, like daddy that. Daddy, you know you're still number one. Yes. But Lou Albano is dead. Oh, God. <laughs> Captain Lou Albano was dead. Yeah, I feel like the part. <laughs> He's like, just dead. Oh, it's dark now. Taffy so, butt. <laughs> Taffy butt. I feel like the part where she was yelling at Gary's parents, mm-hmm. that felt so much like that Cindy Lauper video where I was like, okay. I mean, I didn't hate it. Okay. It was okay. I, I, overall, I mean, I, I really thought I was going to be mad about this. Was it as sexist as you thought it was going to be? 
it was pretty sexist, but no, it was not as sexist as I thought it was going to be. Because yeah. she was very, like, an empowering woman. She was, wasn't she? Yes. There were still moments where I was like, wow, like, these guys are just hanging all over her. And she's just like, yep, that's what I'm here for. Let's be honest, though. John Hughes was not terribly progressive when it came to female characters. Hell to the if no. you look at right before this was National Lampoon's Vacation, and it's like, you know, let's ogle over a girl in a hot car. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, exactly. He's yeah. very... Women are objects. Yes. Yeah. In, in almost every single thing that with he the, Yeah, with the exception of anything that he put Molly Ringwald in. <laughs> yeah, but I think he gave actual Molly Ringwald weird vibes. Oh, yeah, 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 he yeah. He creeped her out a yeah. lot. I wonder if Anthony Michael Hall breaking ties with John Hughes maybe led to Molly Ringwald saying, you know what, maybe Mike has the right idea. Yeah. Because after this, John Hughes wanted to put Anthony Michael Hall in Pretty in Pink in the ducky role mm -hmm. that later went to John Cryer. And Anthony yeah. Michael Hall was like, I really don't want to keep playing nerds. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm getting typecast as the Just door the nerd yeah. yeah and then he was like oh okay I, I get it you don't want to play ducky you know whatever lusting after molly wingwald again but how about cameron fry and ferris bueller's day off and then Anthony Michael Hall was like, no, it's just a different type of nerd. Yeah, he's just. So now I'm the asexual nerd. Yes. No, no. no. <laughs> Which is why they got Alan Ruck, who's like <laughs> 65 playing a high school kid. I, I think it was a good call for him to not just let himself be a nerd. Because after this, he ended up doing um, Edward Scissorhands. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't it was realize a few years this, later. Like, Anthony Michael Hall, whose real name is actually Michael Hall. Yes. Um, it had sort of the Drew Barrymore childhood. Yeah. Where he considered himself an alcoholic since the age of 13. Gosh, that's so crazy. And then in 1990, when he was, I, th I think he's a year or two older than me, so... Oh, Anthony Michael Hall is uh, a few years older than me. So 1990, oh, yeah. he's 22 years old. Yeah. And mm -hmm. he's like, I need to get sober. So he not only got sober, but he started taking care of himself. And mm -hmm. a lot of times people will replace one addiction with another. And it, if you look at Edward Scissorhands, it looks like he replaced alcoholism with working, working out, out and eating better. And so he ends up playing the jock bully yeah which uh, is boyfriend all, yeah kinda, yeah which is also kind of funny that um emilio estevez plays the jock in breakfast club because emilio estevez such a small guy yeah and but he was a wrestler i think was the right but so it kind of worked yeah but. but emilio estevez was a punk rock kid so really the john bender role would have been fit. better yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And uh, Judd Nelson was kind of a preppy dude, so he probably should have played so Andrew. That's yeah. funny. That's so funny. Yeah, because a lot of times we just think, I don't think of Emilio Estevez as the wrestling jock because, you know, I love Repo Man, but I always yeah. think of Judd Nelson as John Bender. Yep. Which apparently that is not <laughs> the case at all. I know. It's so weird. I do remember seeing him much later on that Brooke Shields show called like Suddenly Susan. Mm. And he was kind of like sort of just like a straight lace, you yeah. know, like boss guy, which was funny because I think I ended up seeing that first before I saw Breakfast Club just because of my oh, age. Okay. Yeah. Where I saw him on Suddenly Susan. And then I was like, 
oh my god i didn't know he was such a badass like (laughs) (laughs) which is he's not really he's just a good he's just good at that role was really good well since we're on the subject of punk rock i think it's (laughs) fitting to get into bill paxton yes who original teeth in this movie (laughs) a lot of people have their original teeth (laughs) yeah bill paxton and the reason that that this is a segue is repo man had suicidal tendencies institutionalized on the soundtrack Mm -hmm. when bill paxton died mike muir from suicidal tendencies wrote a really touching tribute because they were childhood friends. Oh, that's right. They both worked for the LA Times delivering newspapers when they were kids into being teenagers. Yeah. And, you know, like stuffing newspapers and stuff. And Mike yeah. Muir just talked about how Bill Paxton was this force of positivity that mm-hmm. he kept pushing and pushing, even though he couldn't even get auditions at all. And then it's right around this time that things start breaking out for mm-hmm. him which is you know pretty cool and uh you know he does terminator right around the same yep. time mm-hmm. and then arnold puts him in commando for that one scene for that one scene but it's still like i mean he's the only one on screen he has a right. line or yeah. two it's like yeah but he showed up for <laughs> a weird science with that the tragic hair haircut. where it's buzz cut on top but it's long, but on, it's the long sides. on the sides and he brushed it back yeah so it just makes his head really weird shaped. It makes his head look like someone just cut off the top of cut his off head. the top of his head. It's so I, I honestly I don't know how else to describe it other than that. But I remember I was like, what the hell? And you're like, oh, yeah, that was all him. He just showed up like that. I'm like, yeah, like the first day he oh. shows up, John Hughes is like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I mean, it I it totally works for the character that he mm. would be someone who would like get a weird flat top haircut but like do something bizarre like be like no keep it long on the side right because you get the impression he's the he's older in... brother of um uh wyatt wyatt yes yeah. so you get the impression that uh he's at military school because he probably uh was a major fuck up and yes. um so it's almost like, yeah, it's buzz on top. I'm doing what I'm so Yeah, yes, sir. You know, but it's still like long. long like he had side. long hair beforehand. Yeah. And he's like, I'm getting away with something. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you look like a fucking idiot. But yeah, you're getting away with something. Sure, bud. Wyatt was played by Ellen Michael Smith, mm-hmm. who did stick with acting for a few years, but then was like, man, it is such a fucking rat race. So yeah. now he's a college professor. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, was actually talking about how this was a really positive experience. And it really worked that both he and Anthony Michael Hall were about the ages of the characters in the movie. Because stuff like the shower scene with Kelly LeBrock, like she's standing there with just tape on her nipples in real life. Oh, my God. And they were like, we couldn't look at her. And it just it's perfect for the characters. Yeah. That they're so uncomfortable that they're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And Kelly Kelly LeBrock is fucking great in this. She is. She is really good in this. I feel like she was the part that I liked the most Mm -hmm. because she really, you know, she doesn't let anybody push her around. You know, she's very like, don't talk to me like that, which I do appreciate about a movie like this because she's basically a Barbie doll come to life. But with Albert Einstein's IQ. IQ. Yes. So it's very cool to see. She's smart. I mean, she is still arm candy a lot of the time, but she is 
backing that up like when she's confronted you know with any kind of bullcrap yeah like don't they give her the brains of einstein and david lee roth yes right so she's very cool also like Mm. i really liked her in this i thought she did a really good job of not just being the hot person in the movie right i really liked um gary and wyatt yeah their chemistry was really good yeah and i really (laughs) and i did like bill paxton too even being the weird like these two brothers don't like each other chemistry that he had with wyatt Mm -hmm. where wyatt would just shrivel up and be like come on man like i'll give you all my money like just don't tell mom and dad you know I remembered him being the poop monster more in the movie. And I was surprised that that was such a brief moment. Yeah, it wasn't that long. No, because I think that is one of my favorite parts (laughs) of Chet. Originally, Bill Paxton was operating the puppet, but he was like, yeah, too too claustrophobic. (laughs) Yeah, I I would would get that. Yeah, Yeah, so they ended up getting a couple other people to do it. I also like the chemistry between Ian and Max. Uh, the boys, by, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Russler, who, yeah, they are good together. Yeah, and you know, I, this came up when we talked about Elm Street mm-hmm. too. Robert Downey Jr. drove Robert Russler to, to the that audition, audition where he got Elm Street too. That's so cool. Yeah, and we talked about this during Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall super close friends yes. to the point that Anthony Michael Hall is Robert Downey Jr.'s son's godfather. Yeah. So, also, Robert Downey Jr., original teeth in this movie is <laughs> before he got the caps. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this was Robert Downey Jr.'s doing or not, but Holly, played by Judy Aronson, who mm-hmm. is one of the girls, you know... The girlfriends. The objects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. Uh, she has a very small role in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, does she? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always really liked Robert Downey Jr. There was just, um, you know, the, when he was in jail for, I don't know, whatever, five, six years, was kind of when I was, like, really getting into watching movies and stuff like that. So I feel like he went from, like, all of these, you know, like... I'm discovering all of these really great films that he was in, you know, when I was still probably a little too young to watch him because I feel like I saw him in maybe a couple of things. And then all of a sudden he was Iron Man. And I, I'm just not that interested in superhero stuff. Like he definitely has the personality to like pull off a character like that. And I'm sure he's great. And I would imagine he is. Yeah. It it is kind of a shame that, uh, in the Marvel comics, Tony Stark is, uh, an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. um, in recovery and i think they really lucked out having robert downey jr play that role mm-hmm. and they never really touched on that aspect of the character that's unfortunate i wonder yeah. if it was just one of those things where they're like well, that's too serious well, yeah I, I mean, you know for whatever and going back to commando <laughs> oh god wearing the fishnet vest again only this time a different one it was his fishnet vest from, from... road warrior yes yeah vernon bennett. wells bennett yeah i saw that i was like what the actual hell why is he wearing a bra now it makes me wonder if maybe he was wearing the fishnet vest in commando as a nod to road warrior as well maybe that's hilarious that he was wearing they're like okay 
So this obviously isn't Road Warrior. So we'll soften it up a bit and we'll just make it out of yarn. (laughs) So it'll be like a crochet mesh vest. What if he has it in his contract where he's like, listen up, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Dougie right now is just like, oh, "Oh, God, don't try to do an accent. (laughs) Don't know. Why are that's not how we talk. (laughs) If you want me to be in a Mac and movie. Oh, that was bad. (laughs) Got to wear the fishnet vest. Good day. You're doing great. That's not a vest. That's a vest. Wow. That was Crocodile Dundee. And that was the the knife, right? Yeah. So knife. This is a knife. I still can't do it. I'm not good at accents. I can't remember what band they became, but there was a band called The Strange Loves. And they wrote um, the song like, I want candy. You know, that uh-huh. stuff. And I... I believe they're from either the midwest or from new york or something Mm -hmm. and when the british invasion started happening they were like oh we ought to just make up like they oh they were new york they were like uh uh songwriters when Mm -hmm. there were still like songwriters in the brill building sort of like grace uh Uh, grace of my heart yeah grace of my heart you know so they were like we ought to create a fake band and say that we're british (sighs) and then they were like okay we can't do british accents but back then because for a lot of Americans, <laughs> unfortunately, mm-hmm. Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee, was our first exposure to an Australian oh accent. Oh, my God. So they're like, um, we can say we're from Australia. So the Strange Loves, an Australian band, where on the cover of their album, they're wearing leather pants and no, zebra vests. That's hilarious. <laughs> with African drums. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, that's painful. They would do interviews in really bad Australian accents. And then just because they were like session musicians, Mm -hmm. songwriters, they were like, oh man, touring's hard. So then they hired a band to go out on the road as the Strange Loves. And they were like, ah, no one's going to know if we put them in the same clothes. That's so funny. (laughs) Even though their picture was on the album cover. So, wow. Music is weird. Music is weird. Especially before, especially before the internet where bands could. Yeah. yeah. You could kind of. For a long time, you probably had no idea what they really looked like because <laughs> their hair was in their face or whatever. Like, I feel like now you know what Slash looks like, but probably not for a long time. <laughs> like most of his career, people were like, I don't know. Like if it was a guy in a wig with a hat, the top hat on, they'd be like, yeah, that's Slash. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, oh. like you could totally get people to believe that. I remember when... uh there was the Johnny Depp lookalike dressed as Jack Sparrow at Hollywood and Highland. Oh, yeah. And one of our, someone that we know, I don't know who, and I hope it's someone who doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh, God. Was like, I think that's really Johnny Depp. Like, he's probably <laughs> doing like a promotion for the We're like, no, it's not. Like, it, it's not. It's not. It's not. Um, the other uh, motorcycle gang members. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michael Berryman from yes. The Hells Have Eyes. Who I kept turning to and being like, for so for a lot of the action shots where you couldn't really see his face, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck's going on with his head? And you're like, Elson, it's it's a stuntman wearing a Michael Berryman head. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh! Because he has a very, you know, uniquely shaped head. Yeah. <sighs> And I like the the fact that he gets a line that refers to the fact in real life he did teach. Yes, he's like I'm a teacher. I was like, yeah. oh, because isn't he? A, is he a professor or is he a teacher? 
Um, I can't remember. I thought he was a professor, but I don't mm-hmm. want to, like, I'm not going to bet a pinky on it. Yeah. The female biker mm-hmm. also ties back to one of our former movies that we've discussed here. Oh, no. One of your favorites. She is Jennifer Balgobin, who is in Repo Man. And also, she plays one of the glory hole patrons in <laughs> Cherry 2000. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Wow. Way to go, Jennifer Balgobin. You know what? She's just doing her job, I guess. Yeah. And I pointed out, too, that uh, Michael Robbins, who played one of the the weenies who's in the mall and then at the party, too, Mm -hmm. was the uh, (laughs) naked dude in bed getting pegged. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And another one of the nerds is Mm -hmm. uh, Wallace Langham. CSI, Larry Sanders show, you would recognize him. Like, he's really young in this. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's on your favorite television show currently, 911. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> we saw the first episode of 911, and I was like, this show is bullshit. And I immediately was mad. Yeah. <laughs> it was. And then another small, like, none of these are really cameos because they're all just working actors, but John mm-hmm. Capellos. Who plays the janitor in? Oh, in Breakfast, Breakfast Club, Club yeah. is in this too, and uh, the guy who plays Anthony Michael Hall's dad, mm-hmm. uh, Britt Leach, is like a counterculture dude. Even though he plays kind of a straight up like blue collar working class yeah. guy, like he lived with Ray Manzarek and Jim Morrison from The Doors. Wow. Like, like the three of them were roommates. That's insane. I know, right? Yeah. All right. It's just so crazy to think of the life that people had outside yeah. of... Outside know. of whatever movie or... Yeah. However, th- they may have seemed on screen like the lives that they actually lived. Yeah, absolutely. So um, problematic moments. Uh, I feel like there was the F slur. The F slur happened quite a few times, but... Yeah. That's one of those words that you're going to see up until like early to mid 2000s, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it, it yeah, I it, it was in my comedy act for a while, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it was in, you know, Can't Hardly Wait and, you know, a lot of those early 2000s teenage movies, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately. I mean, in the 80s, it was kind of a term of affection. Like, I know I'm positive there were many times that I saw my buddies and I was like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those where, you know, it's, it's just I a didn't very mean, like term of affection, like uh, uh, <laughs> get down on your knee and go. Yeah. Would you spend the rest of your life with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was like. uh you know, yeah. like when girls walk up to each other and like, what's up, bitch? Yeah. Kind of a, you know. Yeah. You know, I've largely erased the B word from my vocabulary. Nice. Yeah. I call myself a bitch more than I call their people bitches. The other problematic moment was when they go to the bar in the city with the fake IDs. and <laughs> Oh, and he's doing the black scent. Yeah. For way too long. What happened was... Anthony Michael Hall really loved this character Richard Pryor would do in his act. And John (sighs) Hughes thought it was hilarious and was like, you know what? I'm just going to include a moment in the movie where you can riff doing that character. And 
Ouch! That was very uncomfortable to watch because it's like two full scenes where he's doing that. Because it's where he's in the bar, very drunk, and then in the car on the way home. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, God. And the thing that... I don't know why this bothers me more, but when he's doing it in the bar, he's doing it around all of these black character actors. Yes. That I get that they're playing a certain type, but these are artists in real life. And they... It's not like they're like... You know, and maybe in the 80s, you know, things were different and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's funny that he's doing that. But, you know, it it's it's gross. It's making fun of like their vernacular. Or maybe they loved it because they were like, yeah, we also like that Richard Pryor bit. You yeah. know, like I, I don't know. I don't know either. I, I don't want to be bef- uh, offended on behalf of someone, but. On behalf of myself, I was... I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah, like if you saw someone... I feel like even in the 80s or 90s, if I saw someone do that, I would be like, oh my God, you need to stop. Like, that's not... Yeah. It it feels... It it felt, you know... I mean, obviously now I feel like you're making fun of the way these people talk to their face. Yeah. And even then, I feel like it would have been like, you're making fun of the way these people talk to their face. I'm very touchy with that kind of thing. You know, there was a TV series based on this for a while? I did know that, but I have have no knowledge of it. I knew that there was the show existed, but I don't know who was in it or anything else about it. I believe the um, Kelly LeBrock character was played by someone named Vanessa Angel, Mm -hmm. which sounds like a porn name. It does, Uh, but you know. Yeah, no, I I think she was a British actress, I think. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Well, so is Kelly LeBrock, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it was an okay thing. It was an okay show. I didn't, uh, I, I watched it. It was one of those on and syndication things, so mm-hmm. it would be like one of those things if I was on the uh, UHF dials, I would go oh. like, oh, shit, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. There's a weird science TV show. Fair, fair. Fair, fair. Well, it seemed like everyone who made it had a really good time, although, um, yeah. John Hughes was known for holding a grudge, and after Anthony Michael Hall said no to him twice in a row, uh, John Hughes never spoke to Anthony Michael Hall again until he died. Well, S- same with Molly Ringwald. Yeah, Molly Ringwald was like, Ew. well, it sounds like it was more of a John Hughes' problem than an issue with anyone else yeah but you know when you look at john hughes filmography after he gets away from his teen actors you know Mm -hmm. that's when he starts to do things like planes trains and automobiles and in my opinion maybe it worked out because his later movies while they may not be his favorites they're pretty decent yeah i also feel like i support i i guess i also kind of feel like when you're getting away from the teen actors your actors are you're on more of a level playing field and that just feels like a like more appropriate relationships to be having instead of like weird relationships with teenagers yeah like he he went through his um john candy phase where he yes. did um uncle buck right yeah i love that movie yeah he has you know planes trains and automobiles mm-hmm. then he has great outdoors with uh john candy mm-hmm. uncle buck like you said mm-hmm. uh the cameo in home alone mm-hmm. which 
that caused major issues between the two of them because John Candy pretty much he did, did that for yeah f- for scale for scale which was cheap 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 and then assumed that because it ended up being the biggest movie of all time at the time mm-hmm. that uh, he would maybe get a little uh, little something on the back end and yeah. John Hughes was nope yeah I think that tells me a lot more about the kind of person that John Hughes was yeah yeah. Oh, and then he does the Beethoven movies, which I know you like, right? I liked them as a child. Okay. I, you know, because they're kids' movies. <laughs> and let's not forget, he did fucking Flubber. Yeah, he did, which was awful. Okay, That's a so bad movie. So maybe as, <laughs> once he stopped working, once John Candy stopped working with him, uh, strangely, never worked with him again after Home Alone. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, you know, that was probably, uh, uh, for lack of a better term here, the nail in the coffin. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, if you're someone who, um, if you're not going to take care of your actors or if you're going to make your, you know, if you're going to cross boundaries that are unwelcome with your actors, you know, people aren't going to want to work with you. It sounds like John Hughes could be a bit of an F word, B word, C word. (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> yes that's exactly it <laughs> yes keep your rating system to yourself but i want you to give me both the numbers and the letters of the bra that you are giving weird science and then it will be up to the listeners to determine if this is good or bad i'm gonna say this is like a solid 38 b 38 b yeah I don't know much about bras, but that seems like an odd size. It is an odd size. Okay. It is an odd size. I think that speaks volumes Good. of what you thought <laughs> of this movie. Good. I'm going to give it three and a half naked pianists. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. Yep. Yes. Surprisingly, only one small scene of nudity in this movie. Surprisingly, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you have opinions about John Hughes's career, specifically Weird Science, yeah, let us know. Join our Facebook group. If there's an episode that you think a friend would like, tell that friend, asshole. <laughs> Don't call them assholes. <laughs> if there's an episode you think that uh, your pal might like, you know, you can just send it on Spotify and just be like, boom. Ooh, yeah. Listen to this because you send me that all the time. Be like, listen to this episode of this, or listen to this episode of that, and you'll send it to me. Because you can share episodes. Yeah. Yeah, do that. If the mood should strike, you know, by all means, subscribe. And we would love to see you on the Facebook page. Um, I just realized I haven't updated the Instagram in a little bit, so I'll get on that. But we do have an Instagram. As of when we're recording this, you are measuring 40 weeks pregnant, and you are not. And I am 34 weeks pregnant. Yeah. I have a rare condition called polyhydramnios, which means that I have extra amniotic fluid. So my <laughs> uterus is huge and it's effing me all up. Baby is fine. I just am uncomfortable. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your week, donkey dicks. <laughs> <laughs> my God. <laughs> That's what Chuck calls Gary and Wyatt. Oh, okay. Because you two donkey dicks couldn't get laid in a morgue. Thank you for clarifying. I was like, where did donkey dicks come from? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Here, I'll I'll go for a positive affirmation. Okay. Uh, 
Enjoy the rest of your week, you little maniacs. You little maniacs. There. All right. Bye. 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 Missile in our bedroom? It, no, I think it's just. No, there's a missile. It's uh, what oh, I call yeah, my no. sex toy. Is it? <laughs>